Hi, this is Dean Winyas here, and this is the Tigers, Tigers, blah, blah, blah podcast with Luke Flanagan and Rich Walker. Thanks for downloading and enjoy the show. Another episode of Tigers, Tigers, blah blah blah, uh, with me, Luke Flanagan, and uh, co-host is Rich Walker. As usual, after evening. I was going to say afternoon, evening, Rich. <laughs> evening, <laughs> evening, all. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's all right. Yeah, everything's everything's good. If 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 a little dull working from home, um, yeah, I'm sure everybody feels the pain for that. <laughs> yeah, at least we've got a couple of games to talk about, so we'll do that in a second. Uh, we'll do our goods and bads and numbers as usual, and then I think there's a few things for AOB that we've not talked about, but we've got a new signing, um, yeah, and maybe some other movements in the transfer window. So that'll be a maybe a good chat at the end. Um, and of course, the continuation of new section this week in Hull City history. The returning of Hull City, or oh, this week in Hull City history. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll look at that. Um, so just a couple of thanks before we start. Obviously, Danny Johnson and Hull City Ladies are our main sponsors, so massive thanks to them. Um, hopefully, it won't be too long before they play again. But there's no point in speculating on anything these days, is there? So um... no, because no, it can change day to day. One day you're getting a five pound uh, bundle of crap that you've got to knock into a meal for your kids, yeah, and the man. next day you're getting a food voucher. And everybody's really glad about it. That's absolutely yeah. right. Who knows? Who, Who knows? knows? Who knows? Things are changing uh, all the time. That's right. Um, so that's one. And then the other one is uh, fan of underscore football. So give them a follow on Twitter. There are other um, social media partners. And obviously, last but not least, we have our amazing patrons: uh, Louis Elliott, Danny Nickel, Ewan Jones, Adam Brown, Rich Fleming, Rich, uh, Alex O'Neill, Mike Hassan, and Aaron Bell. Uh, Mike Hassan did say to me, he's really annoyed every time, not with us, but every time, you know, we do an update and say, oh, we've got some new countries, which we have got uh-huh. some new countries, by the way. There's Is he couple... in Chad? No, he's not. Uh-huh. No, he's uh, he's in Kuwait, and he said every time we update, he expects Kuwait to join the bottom of the list, because he said he listens every week, and it's still not appeared, so it's a bit strange. Um, he but... needs to tell some friends. That's it. We'll get, we'll get, his, get his missus. Um, I think he got engaged very recently, so she, she can be on it straight away. Uh, I think it's, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, Johanna thinks she can she can start listening, and then they can ask another load of people. He's a teacher out there in Q8, so um, yeah, get the, get the word spread out. We can have Q8 officially pop up on the uh, listeners list, but we know we can add that yeah. to ours anyway. Uh, well, the, more importantly, for Mike, he's made a massive life decision there. So congratulations, they, Mike. They, they have been together like ten years as well, so. Um, well, you know, you have to make sure, don't you? Well, that's absolutely <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, I bet you. <laughs> Mind you, let's, let's get off it by saying, how long's your engagement been? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm changing subject. Uh, I'll, change, I'll change the subject to the, uh-huh. other, the other two countries that have appeared, and they're not Chad. Um, yeah. Singapore is one. Um, so we've got some Singapore Tigers. And also the other one was Malta. So there you okay. go. 
couple of also uh, home of home was it um did Scott Wiseman play international th- football for Malta? I thought he played for Gibraltar. Where I'm it could be the same. <laughs> I w- we'll yeah, f- Gibraltar, you're right. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Knowledge factoid. Um yeah. So, close enough. Close enough. Little island somewhere. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Malta. Never been to Malta, looks lovely though. But we've obviously we've got some listeners there. So thank you to everybody who does listen. That's up to around I think it's twenty nine or thirty countries now, which is barely mental. Okay. Um, and we've just passed seven and a half thousand players, Rich, as well. So imagine listening I wish to I us. Wish I had one of those party horns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, without further ado, lovely little intro as usual to set the moment. And we've got uh, our good and bad to talk about. And we're going to start with the Sunland game. Sunland. Uh, and you're going to go first. You're going to talk about your good. So. Uh, Let's listen to this. This should be a good chat. Yeah, my good. Yes. Um, what was it? <laughs> it was Alfie, I remember. Alfie Jones, I think, wasn't it? It was Alfie Jones. Yeah, you're right. It was Alfie Jones. Um, I thought he had a very, very good game mm. um, in the middle of midfield. Um, for me, particularly in the first half, I thought he was very impressive. He was very good at breaking up play um, in front of the back four. I thought he gave them a very good shield uh, and then reasonably tidy in possession as well when he was under the press. Mm. Um, yeah, just a good night for him. Uh, covered the centre-backs very well. I do like that um, tactic that we're using on you know several occasions now to put him alongside Smallwood. I think it gives us a decent uh, decent cushion for the two centre-backs and it, especially away from home, it it can allow us to still play with kind of the buccaneering mm. uh, fullbacks that we've used to good effect. Um, and I thought it was very harsh that he ended up getting taken off quite early. Yeah, it was a bit of an odd one, that, wasn't it? Um... Yeah, just just because I thought he was having such a good game. I mean, perhaps it was one of those things where McCann's kind of tweaked it, trying to you know get players in more attacking areas of the pitch and, mm. uh, you know, try and give Sunderland problems going the other way because you know, by the time he was pulled in the second half, I think the, the balance of play had shifted a little bit in their favour. Mm. Um, so I thought that was, it was it was a little bit strange that he, he got the hook. But, you know, for somebody who is showing his, his value in a number of roles this season, it's, it's always good to have players that, you know, are versatile. Mm, I was coming and I was going to use that um, that phrase. He's very versatile, isn't he? Because he can play centre back. Mm. Um, if yeah. if you were, I mean, you know, if if McCann was a manager that played three at the back on any occasions, which he <laughs> proves himself to be not. Um, but if you if you wanted to do that option, he could slot inside with the other two centre backs pairing that we've we've done because he's filled in there very well, hasn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, it seems it, it seems harsh to even say that when he plays in. Centre back that he's filling in. No, what he's... what I mean is it could drop in and fill in if he. Um, oh, you mean positionally, yeah, so yeah, he can yeah. move. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Think he's I been, see what you mean. I, it can yeah. drop into a back three. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't saying yeah, he, was, he was like second rate. I think he's been first rate wherever he's played. In fact, I think he's wherever been a really good signing. Yeah, he has. Uh, I mean, he's only on a one-year deal with the option of another in our favour. I mean, we've got to take that. It, it, well, yeah, he'd be one that I'd be looking to get on a longer contract than that. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I think there's a mate of mine, um, Lewis Browning, works with the um, 
with the same sports writing thing that I do. And he, he's a Gilliam fan. And he was absolutely gutted that um, Alfie Jones did go back there because he was there on the last season. And he he always said he was he was such a big player. And they, played, they played really in midfield there, sort of in centre-defensive midfield. And that's obviously where he played over the last couple of games. Um, but yeah. he always said it was like, he hated getting feelings for lone players, he called it, because he knew they were always <laughs> going to go back at the end of the season. So he was most jealous when we signed him. And I can see I why not, you see. Um, We've all been there, though, haven't we? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Harry Wilson and Fraser Campbell. Oh, God. Harry Wilson, man. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, that's four years ago that he came to us. That seems absolute lifetime ago, doesn't no, it? No, crazy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, you know, I thought, um, I was looking back at, Barry Cooper's uh, player ratings. Mm. He'd only given Jones a six and a half, which I thought was a little bit harsh. I thought it was at least a solid seven. Yeah, I thought so. I, I did think he was he was really that good. Mm. Um, and it, you know, as we, as we both said, absolutely no hesitation to put him in that midfield role, particularly for away games. Mm. And if you know, it seems inevitable at some point we're going to lose Smallwood through injury or suspension. You know, the way that this season goes, injuries are probably going to be a fact of life and then suspension for him, certainly. Mm. Alfie Jones would go in there and I wouldn't even think, well... You know, no, I wouldn't be worried. No. He's proved he can um, do as good a job as anyone in there, really, to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, you know, his his defensive solidity gave us that platform that we were able to go and build upon in that first half. Mm. Uh, you know, the way that we went at Sunderland from the off, I thought we were quite, quite aggressive to begin with. Yeah. And you're not able to play in that way unless you have a sound foundation behind your attacking players. No, not at all. It, uh, you know, that slight change in formation that we had that, you know, we put him in there, it allowed Doherty and Honeyman to get on the ball and, and feed Wilkes. Mm. So we were able to get bodies closer to ease as well. And and then when we did score, we got that goal all right. We got the good bit of fortune with their keeper taking a knock yeah. off Wilkes. But the way that we... We carried the play in that early going. I thought we were good value for the win. Mm. Or for the for the lead, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um agree with that. I mean, I, my good that I chose from that game, so I, particularly second half, I was struggling. So obviously, say, um, Alfie Jones would have been up there for me as well. Um, but obviously, he got taken off, which was a bit of an odd one. Um, but I think I'd, I'd give mine to, to Jacob Greaves, I think. I thought, he, I thought he did pretty well that game. I thought mm. he was... Because obviously Reese Burke scored the goal, it was you know, good reflexes to quick thinking just to lash it home. But I always, I still think that um, the, there was a couple of games, weren't there, where um, Greaves kind of didn't do as well as he had done previously um, when he yeah. when he came into the into the team. Um, we kept having clean sheets all the time. They looked outstanding, didn't they? And then, obviously, with him being such a young player, it was always going to be the case that we're going to hit some kind of bad run of form at some point and people start well, to Well, yeah, young questions. players don't develop in no. straight lines, do they? No, not at all. But I think he's definitely come back a lot stronger since this Christmas break. Um, he certainly looks like a definitely one starter and he looks, you know, our best defensive pairing for me is currently at the minute is, is Burke and, and Greaves. So, um, I thought he did I thought he did well. Um Obviously, I'm not particularly sure of the marking. I do think Emmanuel did pretty well at a couple of times in the second half just to put off a couple of chances getting in um, as a kind of almost like an extra centre-back because if it had stayed right-back, there was a, they were kind of overloading the box at some points because 
there was that wipe chance that he missed. If you look back at that, yeah, I think, yeah, I, think that just, was a big... I have looked back at that just now. It's, it was interesting because having watched the game on Saturday night, I came away and thinking we probably should have won it. Mm. But then having seen that chance back, it's. I think if you were assessing it from their point of view, would say you would say that they could have won it because it was such a good chance. You probably would go. You'd have took the point. I think you know. Um, yeah. Because I always think it's a tough place to go up there. Um, and obviously, with it being rearranged so hastily, there's only about two days' notice, aren't there? Um, I think they were expecting it beforehand, I think. So I don't, I think it wasn't a, have the clubs probably will have known, but it wasn't announced properly, was it? And, no. And it, it, I think the clubs will have known something about it. I think it's fair play to, to do that. We don't want to backlog. We talked about this last week, didn't we? But you don't want to backlog the fixtures because it's just going to be ridiculous come the end of the season. Um, yeah. So I'm glad they got the game played and I'm glad I got to watch it through, you know, multi cameras for a change. Um <laughs> But I did I did think first I'd half say not watching it through any cameras. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Um <laughs> I do think that first half we, we were the better team, but second half we didn't do enough. That's pretty much it, really. Yeah. You know I suppose that's a, a good way to move on to the bad. Yeah. It's, it's another <laughs> it's another week where we're talking about him, unfortunately. But mm. for me, um, Tom Eves is coming out as my bad again. Too... And I feel a little, I feel a bit bad mm. about picking him as my bad um, for the for the Sunderland game. <sighs> if you discount his involvement in a few key incidents, yeah. He was actually having a very good game. I thought his old at play was was that. This is the argument I have with a lot of people. They always say, "Eves." Well, to quote, I mean, paraphrasing people because often what people say online, they don't really give two shits about what they say. But it's often Eves is crap, or Eves is shit, or Eves is wank, or he's useless, or donkey, or whatever, right? Mm. And actually, they're they're judging him, and I think they've got a point to some degree. They're judging him on his ability in front of goal, and he's a striker. He's playing number nine, so you think, yeah, those the the two chances he had, he should be putting away. I don't. I'm sure you'd probably agree with me with that. He hit the bar with one. The first one, def- the first one, definitely, yeah. I think the first one was an easier chance. Um, yeah, the second, one where the he hit the bar. Thought, made a good yeah, save to his credit. Yeah. Um, now, I actually I agree with you. I think a lot of what he is doing, he's actually doing better than previous. He used to frustrate the hell out of me because all he used to do was use his strength in a way that defenders are always going to go over and he gets penalised. Um, I think he did that all too often. And I don't think he's been doing that as much this season. He's still... He's still, not been as noticeable. He's not been as noticeable. He's, he's not figured the offside rule out enough for me. <laughs> um, I don't think he's as bad as he was. But I think he's working hard. And sometimes I think he's trying too hard because he's under so much pressure as a striker that he should be scoring more goals than he has. And this is this is not me kind of defending him in any way, shape or form. But I do think that I know you're choosing him as you're bad and I think that's that's fair enough. But there is there, there is a little footnote to that, isn't there? And actually he wasn't doing is, so so badly across the rest of the pitch. No, and people don't see no, that sometimes, so, I think. So the reason that I've chosen him as my bad is not because I think his general performance was poor, mm. but I think he's come out on the wrong side of the key incidents. Mm. So, as you said, he's missed those chances. The first one where he's hit the bar, mm. 
it is exactly the type of cross that we have all said that he's been crying out for. Yeah. The type the type of ball in that he would have been dreaming of last season when he had Grzycki and Bowen mm. who he had to do a job for and, and allow them the space to go and do their thing. So he has to take that because that's his game. And I think... I mean, that's, did, that's his chance. Sky, that's his chance. Yeah. Did Sky have a stat during the game that he has 17 headed goals since 2017? Yeah. I think he scored more headed goals in this division than any other player. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think that was one of the things Sky did get right with the coverage. Yeah. So that's bread and butter. Yeah. So there's that. There's the second one, which I'll give him a... Cut him some slack for because it was a decent stop from the keeper. Yeah. Got it on target is, to, what, to is what you at least make the keeper work and he did do that, yeah. didn't he? So, yeah. yeah. And then the other key incident in the game is the foul that led to their equaliser because mm. it is a striker's tackle <laughs> and he's got no need to dive in, in to try and win the ball like that. Four, in week, that area four of the weeks late. Just, no, just stand him up and if not, just get back in. Like, there's no need to well, do that there, was there? Yeah, just go and put him under pressure. Mm. You don't need to, to lunge in and try and recover the ball there. So he's given away that foul in a stupid manner and in a dangerous area of the pitch. Then he, <laughs> it's like it really wasn't his night, you know, because <laughs> um, they've it's, lofted the ball in behind the fullbacks. The cross has come over. It's his man, isn't it? McGeady. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was Honeyman's. Um, Are you sure? When I've looked, I thought I yeah. thought it was Honeyman's at first, and then I thought because no, they, were marking, they showed it back on. They showed it back on Sky. Oh, right, okay. They showed it back on Sky because Honeyman is, or McGeady has run off Honeyman. Right. Okay. I knew they were both involved in that outside the area. I didn't know which and Honey, way it was. Honeyman stood twenty-five yards out the area, and, and McGeady's gone. <laughs> but what what Eves has done badly there is he's lost. He's got lost under the ball. Yeah. So he's he's rooted to the spot and he's watching it come down and he's not putting himself in a position where he can he can do anything about it. He couldn't challenge. So he's had a bit of a stinker in that minute. Mm. And then he goes and gets injured. I know. <laughs> and he's out until March. So, <laughs> you know, when, when I say I was picking him as my bad, it's... It's almost you know, like... For a number of reasons. It's bad luck it's like, more it's than anything just, else, isn't it? But, um, yeah, yeah. I felt for him a little bit. Mm. Um, so, you know, he could have done better... In some in some incidents, mm. but you know, overall, just not his night. A nice way to put it. The one, another person whose night it wasn't, which is my bad, was Malik Wilkes. <laughs> He's <laughs> yeah, it was irritating. Oh wasn't my it? god, Joe Wil- Wilkes can be the game winner for us. Can be a match winner, can't he? Um, he's got very good ability, and obviously, we'll talk about the Fleetwood game, but he came on at half time and, and scored a goal, he's there in you know, in the right places, right times, looking dangerous and all of that. But fuck me, he didn't half annoy me on Saturday <laughs> against Sunderland. Can't remember how many times I shouted, Fucking pass it, you con <laughs> And it was just so, so many touches, the wrong decisions all the time. Greedy as fuck. And you're just like yeah. just have a look, square it. How many times was he in a good position? And he's doing this thing as well where he's always fucking falling over and it's not doing him any favours. Half the time... Looking for penalties. Yeah, half the time he is fouled, but he's not going to get them if he keeps going down like that. No. It really does wind me up. It's like 
Do you remember? Um, oh, this was this was years and years ago. <laughs> we played a game Sunday League. I think it was for Inglemeyer, and uh, there was a penalty given against you, and you didn't do anything. The bloke just kicked your leg and fell over. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, he did me like a kick to the. He did, and he got the. We got the penalty. We ended up winning the game anyway, but he got the penalty, and he, yeah. he just shouted, "That fucker's just actually owned me." But that's, that's essentially what Wilkes tries to do. He feels out for the contact and goes down very dramatically. And there is no way on this earth that 90, like 90% of League One referees are going to give that. And it's been sh- like a few games ago, he got booked for simulation. Adelican was the same when, when he, he, he did that against, I think it was Burton. Um, there seems to be this kind of thing where it's like, Go down when you feel the touch, and I understand that in some respects, I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, I do condone it. I want my team to get a penalty, um, and if there is, you know, benefit of the doubt, you want it to be given. But I just think Wilkes is is becoming, is is doing too many of the uh, wrong things. Is choosing the wrong um, option each time, and he, he's either going yeah. for glory and blazing it and giving it badly wrong. He did that against Sunderland as well. Or he's taking five or six touches when he doesn't need to, and the chance is lost. He could square it to McGinnis, he could square, square it to Lewis Potter, whoever it was, and they. Yeah, I think there was, there was a couple of times he could have played Doherty in in some yes, areas as well. Second half, just, especially, and it was just winding me. Yeah, the he, fuck had a, up. he had a shot near post, didn't he? Mm. That I think Doherty had picked up a good position on the edge of the box, and it actually reminded me a lot of the Wilkes of last season because he was the you know you could clearly see he had talent, and he was the one you know one of the players who very few players who did score goals for us because he got four or five at the back end of last season. But he's just, he, he started the season really consistently and then he just seems to have, I know he scored, again, we'll, we'll get to the Fleetwood game later, but he, he's back on the score sheet and he was a lot better in the second half. But I just think he's he needs to get back to basics with his game and beat the man, whip it in or cut inside and shoot. You know what I mean? I'll look for the pass instead of trying to overcomplicate things and try and get the penalty each time because it's not always going to happen. Um, I think his biggest problem is he just needs to get his head up. Mm. There's too many times where he finds himself in attacking areas and he just he, he runs into cul-de-sacs. It's traffic, isn't it? Just because, too much traffic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he just doesn't... He needs to get his, his head up. And Any footballer mm. is more effective when he plays with his teammates. Hundred percent, and you know Wilkes is no different. Right, we're going to do the good and bad of the Fleetwood game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your good for Fleetwood? Uh, my good was Grant McCann. Oh, I don't know. Get in there. Go on, Grant. Credit where it's due. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. It was a very, very poor first half. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, it was the first worst half. Uh, fair, worst first half, can't speak, that I've seen in a long while from us, I think. Yeah, it was. They, I mean, you've got to give Fleetwood credit. They came after us. I thought yeah. they were very aggressive to begin with. Mm. Uh, the goal was, was no more than they deserved, really. They're definitely the best in the opening. For the opening 15 minutes, I don't think we fucking touched the ball. They yeah. were all over us. They had a really good tempo about them. Uh, the mm. set pieces were good, put us under pressure, didn't allow us to settle. Mm. But then on the other side of that, we looked a little bit sluggish uh, in possession. Uh, we gave Fleetwood opportunities to get behind the ball and it just meant that we weren't able to get any any tempo of, of our own. 
Mm. Um, so we had, you know, we're struggling to get the ball forward when we did get it forward. We had players like Scott, who was off the pace, or um, Meyer wasn't, you know, still struggling to get to grips with the game, isn't he? So mm. I don't think he was, in fairness, I don't think he was awful. I just don't think he was in that the game that much. I mean, the effort was there, but mm. his touch wasn't. I mean, I think, or your, what was your um, overall kind of view of it? Because obviously you've chosen McCann as your good thing. Yeah, so so the reason I've chosen him is because he's he's recognised that we're, we're struggling in the first half and mm. he could have stuck with it, you know, and sent the same side back out there and said, you know, got a flea in the rear at half time and, mm. and allowed it to, to continue. But to his credit, he's made changes and, and three of them, he's probably brought three players on there that he, um, Lewis Potter aside, he's brought three players on that he wasn't expecting to to have to use probably in that night, or to, yeah. that he, he wouldn't want to put the minutes in the legs. But he's he's looked at it and he thought, you know, this isn't acceptable in a knockout game. And he's the changes that he made, all the three of them affected the game positively. It would have been easy, I think, for him to leave Dan Batty on because. For me, he was the best player on the pitch. I agree. On the pitch, but for us, well, certainly. I agree. He, was, I agree. he wasn't. He wasn't perfect, but he was the best player for us because he was still looking to get on the ball and he was trying to trying to make things happen. I thought he hit some. Oh, one of them passes. I think it was out to. It was from the left to the right. I think he played it yeah, either yeah. May or or Coyle. Yeah, it was forty-five, fifty-yard ball. I was like, "Fuck me, that's on a sixpence for him." It's yeah. Like, that's, that's the range of passes that he's got. He can do that. And I did I thought it was unfortunate to get taken off. Mm. You but do need you... that kind of thing as well when you know when you're struggling to, to get behind teams quickly. Mm. You know, Batty can move you on like that. But then while he was looking for the ball and, and playing noticeable passes like that, I thought his short passing game he struggled with because there was particularly early on, first 20, 25 minutes, he, he gave away some simple stuff and that mm. hurt us a little bit. But having said that, he was still our best player first half. It was. I was shocked to see him. T- I thought, well, I mean, when the teams came out to walk, you know, the substitutes come out to warm up. Yeah. I was, I was, Lewis Potter was amongst them. And I was very shocked that they brought him on. Wilkes wasn't at, on. Wilkes wasn't there warming up with them. So I thought, oh, Wilkes will be coming on straight away because he's going to take Scott off. <laughs> or Maya. Yeah. I mean, Scott was the, I mean, we'll get to that later on, I'm sure. Um, but I'm, my um, my good was Honeyman. It's probably a nice link into yours, I, I guess, in some way. Yeah, yeah. Because I do think that I know we conceded after like four or five minutes, and actually, you can look at Honeyman's mark in there. Um, yes, he wasn't. He wasn't alive to it, was he? No, because they played it short, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and he we didn't get out to him quick. I mean, he did try and get out to him, but he should have seen that quicker for me. I don't know if he was just trying to marshal the defense or whatever. Um, but one of the things that really made us dangerous, because, I mean, after we conceded that second goal, it, it was only us, really, that looked like we were going to score. Um, and their keeper made some very good saves, I would say, from from some of the efforts that we had. Um, there was an effort from, I think, Ahmed Salam had one that was blocked, but then there was another one that... Um, Lewis Potter had one. Lewis Potter had a shot and he saved it really well, didn't he, out for a corner. Yeah. We had, like, an industry of corners and you just thought, not our night here. Um and yeah, he, he he did change it up, didn't he? His honeyman was there, and and I think for every one of our corners came from a honeyman. Any one of uh, sorry, every one of our goals came from a honeyman corner originally, didn't it? 
Yeah, they um, all started that way. I think the third was a bit of a stretch to give Honeyman any credit oh, for no, it. But... It, well, it, it wasn't an assist by any stretch, but he put no. it in a, he put it in into a dangerous area. The keeper's got a good punch on it, to be fair. Mm. Punched it out quite far and then obviously got that wallop. Yeah. Top, top corner. Um, very but, good I goal, mean, but he definitely made an impact on the game, Honeyman. We looked like a, a much better side with him in it. For me, it was it was the wide players that gave us that impetus. I thought that um, Ahmed Salam did really well when he came on. He did. Actually. Both I the young lads did. I was really impressed, and I was impressed with Andy Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much for the first goal. I think he was off Paddy Madden a little bit. Um, yeah, they both were. I think but if you, were to... you can't just blame him for that. I think no, that's, I, um, I think that if, the if team he... themselves were just they were all over the shop, weren't they? Yeah, McLaughlin was equally as, as culpable. There but I thought um, I thought he looked pretty good, Andy Smith mm-hmm. actually. Um, it was a promising night overall because at one point you had four Hull-born lads on the pitch. Yeah. Um, and and then obviously, well, Batty's not Hull-born, is he? But he's come through the academy, so there's him as well. Um, so you had obviously you had Coyle. You had Lewis Potter, um, Smith, and then you had Ahmed Salam as well, who was born in Hull. So but that was really nice to see. But I do, yeah. uh, and then Jacob Greaves, and Jacob Greaves, obviously on the bench. Leak on the bench. So that it's great to see when it's like that. I always love it when it's like that, like mm-hmm. pro- proper all lads playing for all, and you, you can't really get much better than that, can you? Yeah, um, whether it's through through necessity or um, well, yeah, I mean, an overriding strategy of ours. You know, we all. Have our own thoughts on credit to McCann as well. I know you've you that was your good, but I don't think most managers would have brought Salam on when you're trying to chase the game like that. Possibly not, no. I mean, some of them would basically just say, Well, what I've got to lose now, sling him on, you've got some pace, he's tricky, put him out on the wing. He didn't have too many options at that point, and I think Mm. to have left McGinnis on for any any longer probably would have hurt him. I do think. Obviously, I know we've signed someone today. I don't think he's a striker. I think he's a forward, but he's not a striker, is he? Um, he needs a rest, does McGuinness, because he is way off the pace, and that is not a criticism. He's had coronavirus, for God's sake. Um, and he's only playing now because uh, he's started again. I don't think McCann wanted to play him, but what other option does he have? The other option would be Wilkes through the middle, and Wilkes started on the bench, didn't he? Because Wilkes, in the end, Wilkes was through the middle at the end. I suspect we might be seeing that mm, on Saturday as well. I, I, I think he, he needs time to recover. He, you're going to make yeah. him ill again. You, you can't have. But he's, he's not fully fit. I mean, he always no. tries, his, tries his hardest, does McGuinness, but he's going to make himself ill. Um, because that, you can see how much linked... the, the weight has kind of come off him because he said he lost, what was it, seven, eight? Seven. Seven, seven um, kilos, I think. Seven kilos over Christmas, and that's not that's a lot of weight in a short amount of time. Mm. Um so he needs he needs time to regenerate and bulk up and he'll be I mean he'll be fine again, but at this moment in time I don't think it's a good option to be playing him. Um, no, with the games coming thick and fast as well, that's gonna be difficult for him to, to yeah. recover from quickly. So which which was your bad? There was gonna be a nice well, segue into your bad, wasn't there? Yeah, it, it links quite nicely with McGuinness because I think um James Scott oh. was my bad. And you know, it comes with the, the caveat again that he's another one that's recovering from coronavirus. Yeah. But the the main thing that I would criticise him for was his powder puff defending for their for the first, first goal. goal. I know Wes Burns just goes by him like he's not there. Yeah, well, he left him. He just allowed him. Yeah, and it's just it was like, shall I go? To, oh, I'll just let him by me. Yeah, he, and then he just got, stepped off yeah. him and, and, and gave him that, that passage. And, and then I think it's Batty's come out and not stop the cross mm-hmm. 
um, no. between him and him and uh, Elder. Mm. I think they get that wrong. Yeah. So there's you know there's blame all down that left side, but it comes it comes from so stop not. You either enough. you either win the ball or if you can't, you at least put him under pressure to try and make him do a different. Yeah, way. yeah. So he's he's you know he can't get his head up to pick his man out or something like that. Whether he's still feeling the effects, because I think McCann said he was one of the ones that was worst hit by it, and that the the plan was there only really to give him forty five, maybe fifty sixty minutes anyway. Mm. Um, fair enough, but you know at the moment Scott is somebody that's going to be coming under scrutiny given the the ongoing situation with Lewis Potter because he's going to find himself in the team. Mm. Um, Needs to perform. As, yeah, is one of the options that we you know one of the few options now that we have to go to. He is going to find himself in the you know in in. Under a magnifying glass, should have scored and as well. He should have done. Couldn't sort his feet out, could he? No, because that'd have been. That, I think Maya pulled that back. So that was the first real yeah. bit of, of quality Maya had done. Perfect pass, everything there for him, and he just ends up getting his feet all muddled up, and the chance is gone. And you just think, not your night tonight. No, it wasn't. Neither of them. Neither of them were, you know, performing as well as I think they would have wanted to. No, not at all. Um, I mean, I went with. Um, I was going to go with Markin. <laughs> I was, was going to go with Scott because I do. Th- I think Scott was poor. Again, there is the footnote of you know he's, he's at. He's at yeah, you don't want to stick the boot in too no, much, do you? I, I don't want to do that to any city player. I mean, there are plenty of people. If you you know if you want to do that, there's plenty of people on Twitter that will join in with you. Because um, there seems to be an awful lot of people who do do that, and I, and I, I understand that people want to vent frustrations, but sometimes it does feel like people go over the top slightly. <laughs> Do you think, just as a little segue or aside, do you mm. think that people go a little bit OTT on criticising people for being negative on Twitter during a game? Um, because it's a tweet. It might not be a staunchly held opinion. Mm. And everybody will go to a football match and say something that is critical of a player and it's just lost then. It's in the moment and you've said it. But a tweet's there for everybody and it's something like everybody else can then have a go when you've won and said, ah, but you were saying this. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. You can say things yeah. you can say things in the heat of the game and it doesn't necessarily mean that you are a negative fan. No. I saw a little bit I saw a little bit of it last night and I just thought you know, it's a frustration thing, they're venting. Like, don't put too much stock in it, and yeah, and don't don't get on your high horse just because we're one and you weren't venting. <laughs> I I do I I I understand the point you're making completely. I do. Um, I do think though sometimes. Um, I mean, there's a difference between people venting in a game where we're playing poorly, and yeah. then like somebody on Saturday saying that they wanted Tom Eaves to break his neck. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, and that's just fucking out of order. I mean, what's wrong with? Yeah. What is wrong with? You? If you're saying that, I yeah, mean, yeah, he's our if, player. If I want him to if do it's well. a football opinion, and it turns out that it's a negative one, then so be it. Yeah, I mean, you can disagree with people on, you know, uh, I didn't think McCann made the right change because X, Y, and Z. Fair enough. You've got yeah. your own opinion with that. That's fine. I mean, you know, you can. The one thing you know that is, you know, we've not we're not bereft of as City fans is opinions because everyone's got one. But when you then no, when I... you then turn it into personal insults where you wish harm on a player, I just think. That you just need to have a bit of a word with yourself, really. Yeah, cop on, cop on a little bit. Catch yourself on and all that. It's just, it's not good yeah. to see. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's, there'll be every club who have people like that, and the pro- people who say it half the time probably think, shit, I shouldn't have said that because I was angry or whatever. Yeah. But you've, yeah, I don't know. It's just an odd one. I, I understand what you mean about people criticizing people for being negative. I get that. 
Um, but I'd probably side with them, it happens them a little bit you more. Get frustrated, and, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, I mean, I will say that <clears throat> what one of the things I did was I tweeted when it was two nil. I tweeted one positive from the game, which was that there was four Hullborn lads currently playing. Because mm-hmm. I do, I always think that you can get too much in a sort of negative funk, can't you? And just think, oh, this is awful, and we could we could have yeah, gone to Wembley, and can. we could have done this, and we could have done that. I mean, no, I didn't see. I know we were definitely the better team after we conceded. I didn't see us winning three two. I mean, no. the, I just thought when when Lewis Potter scored the second one, I was like, where the fuck did that come from? Because Fleetwood <laughs> just felt pieces glorious to watch. Yeah, he was alive to it though, but, wasn't oh, it? Oh yeah. I mean, it, that, that's the other thing as well. This contracts that don't want to go into you know, detail about it really but it needs sorting because we want him in the team he needs to be in the team wants to be playing just yeah, makes, it makes mean, no sense at the minute so let's just get that sorted and that's all I really want to say he struggled to get into the game on Saturday didn't he he did yeah but you could say oh well the game that's the contract situation was affecting him and whatever it's an easy but thing to say isn't it that's, that I was, think the main thing is he needs to be playing really, from yeah. the off I, I don't think it's that the contract situation is, is on his mind when he's getting on the pitch but no it's it can be difficult for substitutes to pick up the pace of the game mm. and and to get into it when you know it's it's been going on for seventy odd minutes. It can be can be hard for players to make an impact. Mm. You want to see your best players on from the start, definitely. And he is he is our best player on the left, in my opinion. So, mm. um, but yeah, so that was that was our good and bad. Uh, we was going to do a number, weren't we? Well, do you think we should just talk about Louis Coyle's Thunderbastard? Oh, right. Let's, yeah, let's do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good opportunity if we're talking goods, which we'll yeah. come back to the goods just for a second. I mean, what a hit, son. Yeah, he will not hit a ball better than that in his life. I love, have you seen the one from behind the goal? I have. It's good, that, isn't it? Yeah. It's fucking good, yeah. that. I love his reaction <laughs> as well. It's just like, you can tell that he's kind of like, in fair play, I mean, I don't know. I couldn't do that. You know, just not, not no. celebrate when you just scored like that. I wouldn't give a fuck if no, you was playing four or not. I'd be in the stands, me. I mean, I, I scored, you know, so few goals that every <laughs> single one that I put in the back of the net in my Sunday league and since the side <laughs> career was like, I was going off like I'd won the cup. <laughs> so, oh, dear. Um, so, yeah, it's amazing composure, but then for his teammates to kind of mob him after. Oh, it just... was great seeing them. The only thing that makes me sad about it is they just want, you know, all, all the East stand just to be, like, nearly going on the pitch. Well, it was... I'm glad you said that because it was a great goal. Mm. And the way that we won the game, I was chuffed and I could see everybody on social media afterwards was, like, revelling in it, like, loving it. Yeah. But I couldn't get there. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't get to that elation because my overriding feeling was just like I felt sad. Mm. Not that we'd won the game, but I was just sad that we weren't able to experience that in the way that a comeback like that deserved. You know, and it, it made me think of everything that we've, we've kind of lost in this last year mm. because that you know, a very minor thing not being able to celebrate a win like that and on the list of problems it's fairly low down there, but it's 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 not just winning the game, it's like being together. Mm, yeah. And you know doing these things and, and that you love and an achievement like that and, and for Louis Coyle for 
him to be from Hull and to score an absolute wonder straight like that. Mm. Possibly one of the best goals that the KC's seen. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, for a long time. I think time. I can say that without a hint of hyperbole. Definitely. It felt like it It deserved fans to have been there. And yeah, it, yeah, I felt really morose, actually. <laughs> it, was, it was like such a, it was one of the best goals we've seen in what, the last three or four years at least. Mm. And nobody's there to witness it. Yeah. Because the scenes on the touchline were brilliant because... You yeah, just, well, Grandma can grand... say he wanted to sprint down the side of the pitch and yeah. stuff like that. I wish he had done, it, to be fair. <laughs> it just, just seemed well, doing, doing a Mourinho and just knees sliding yeah. it. Like... It might have endeared a few more fans to him. I think it might um, have done, but it's yeah. probably the right thing to do in, in, the, Poss- uh, yeah. in the end. But it would have been great to see that because he, he obviously it's, it meant so much that like, Cliff Baird and him were just absolutely... Yeah, you know, punch in the air and also because they don't obviously they celebrate when we score, but it's not. It's but usually quite show an muted. awful lot of emotion. No, yeah, it's, it's usually quite muted, isn't it? Mm. it? At least from from what I have have witnessed, I do think he's he doesn't over celebrate goals. He's not a Klopp style, is he? Is no, he, you know all from, that sort no. of like punching and like gr- like gurning, gritting your teeth, all that bollocks. <laughs> he doesn't do that. He's not a Barry Fry style. Just absolutely over celebrating, but that was the closest I've seen to him ever really lose his shit when a goal went in. Um, well, yeah, I mean, with good reason, I oh, suppose. Yeah. Fucking right. <laughs> and it, not no other better person to score it against Fleetwood yeah. than, than Louis Coyle, is there really? So, no, no. Yeah, great stuff. Um, yeah, your number. My number. My number today. Well, um, we have now reached game. 20 in the league mm-hmm. for us. So it's time to revisit my points per game promotion chart. Oh, aye. Come on, then. Let's have it. <laughs> so my number is 1.9. Mm-hmm. That is our points per game total. Uh, at the moment, it's enough to see the second, but yeah. it's not the second best points per game total in the league. Is it Accrington that have? Accrington. Accrington's 1.94. Mm. Uh, they've played less they've got from they've 17 less, yeah. games yeah I mean they're on a hell of a tear at the moment aren't they whether yeah. or not they'll be able to sustain that mm. given you know that fixtures are inevitably going to pile up it does kind of whet the appetite for the end of this month though when we've got them twice in a week we have yeah Tuesday at home and then Saturday away I think or the other way around Tuesday Tuesday Tuesday. oh is it Tuesday Tuesday um, yeah because yeah, we've got another next Home game in the league is Saturday because it's Blackpool. Blackpool, and after yeah, we'll that, that, and after that, it's Swindon, and that's the thirtieth. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So Blackpool sixteenth at home, mm. uh, Accrington the nineteenth at home, and Swindon the thirtieth at home. Mm. So they're our next three. But yeah, it just whets the appetite for that. Um, Lincoln's on two points a game at the moment, and the other teams below us. Uh, Portsmouth, Donny and Peterborough between 1.74 and 1.84 so 1.9 for us uh, the average points per game for teams finishing as champions as a reminder is 2.05 that's over the last um, how many years, that's since 2045, that's the last time we were in the division so 2.05 for teams finishing as champions so we are off that pace at the moment mm. Um, which I think, given the run that we had just before Christmas, isn't surprising. But we're bang on for teams finishing second 
uh, points per game for teams finishing second from 2004-5 up until now is 1.9. Right. So we're bang on for that. And, you know, statistically, everything's trending that way. So that's good. And we are well above the average points for teams making the playoffs mm. at 1.72. All of that's a little bit redundant while we sit second because, you know, whether... I don't think we get promoted at the moment where the season to finish because we haven't completed enough of it. No. But, you know, finishing second is a is a visual representation of, you know, how well your season's gone, but it just gives us that idea of how we're performing historically mm. and, you know, where we're charting in terms of performance against previous years. Mm. Um, I had a, a bit of an odd number, but it's kind of, um, it links into yours quite nicely. Um, mine is the average number of goals scored per match so far this season in the league, um, okay. which is 1.6. For us? Yeah. So, according to footy stats, anyway. Um, right. So, it's 1.6 goals scored per match. So, the average goal scored per match for, for City in League One. Obviously, it's League One only, not anything else. Um, yeah. So, it's... I was going yeah. to add that into my chart, actually. Oh, was you? But I just didn't have time, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, it's, it, obviously, that's just at what? Just over one and a half goals per game um, is a pretty decent record to have currently. Um but I do think it shows that it should be an awful lot higher. Um, I don't, I don't know how many times we've lost, we've we've done it this season where we've gone, yeah, great first half, but we should have scored two or three. And I think with the games coming up, obviously Blackpool, we lost to them not that long ago, did we? Um, no. Three two, um, and obviously that is something that they will be looking to put right on Saturday. If we take, we have the chances, we need to take them, um, and also. The big games coming up for me is the Accrington Stanley doubleheader and the Lincoln one because obviously their games at the top of the table Pompey now. Pompey as well, don't forget. And we have got Pompey away as well. That's a midweek one, yeah. though, isn't it? I think. No, Saturday. Oh, is it a Saturday? All right. Yeah, it's a, it's a week, week Saturday. Week Saturday. All right. Oh yeah. Okay. Because yeah. yeah, the next Saturday after that is the Swindon one. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, not bad. One point six. Um, but I think it should be a hell of a lot more. And we've actually got a much better record away from home than we have at home scoring goals, which is a bit of an odd one. Um, we've got 10 goals in nine games at home, but we've got 22 in 11 <laughs> um, away from home. So the majority of our goals come away from home. And I don't know if that's the way we play or the teams we've played away from home. I'm not really sure. Um, there's obviously all sorts of things you can read into that. But yeah, um, yeah it's interesting to look at where we are at 20 games into the season. Um I'm happy so far. Just it's, gonna, it's a big, big four, five weeks coming up in it. The amount of gate teams that yeah. we're playing are around us. We need to make sure we get the um, get the win um, starting yeah, this we'll Saturday. Start, starting Saturday, yeah. Um, feeling quite positive going into that game actually, because you know you look at Blackpool's away form, mm. and it's not great. No, they are an awful lot better at home, aren't they? Um, yeah, um, the. Only won one in the last five away from home, mm. and they've only won three in eleven. Mm. So, in terms of away form, the nineteenth in in the away form table. I think there's reasons why we should be feeling positive about, you know, avenging that defeat at Bloomfield Road. Mm. Should have been a point, really. You know, let's be honest. But I don't think you can defend the way that we did and say that that we deserved anything from it that night. Uh, I'm still gutted about that. Just all the hard yeah. work to get there. Fucking two two, and then it's just criminal on it, really. 
Well, it's just one of those nights where we had to, you know, really huff and puff and earn everything mm. that we got, and then we, we chucked it away so easily. I think we need to handle their forward players a little bit better. They've got, you know, two or three threats: mm. Jerry Yates, CJ Hamilton, and, and Gary Medine's got four mm. goals. So, you know, we need to manage them better than I think we did. It's a decent forward night. line for the league, and that they've got. Um... Yeah, it's yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if um, Flores, who we've signed, um, would make it. Would it be too soon for you, do you think, to make his, his debut against Blackpool? Do you think he'll be on the bench, maybe? I'd imagine he'll be on the bench. He's been um, he's been training with the team for the last few weeks, apparently. So, mm. so I would imagine that he would be on there. And if, if he can score as a few goals like he scored for Dundalk... Mm. Between now and the end of the season, I think we'll be relatively happy with that. Oh, yeah, what a goal that was. The Puskas win on it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a nominee. It didn't oh, was win. it a nominee? Oh, right. I remember, no, I remember it seeing get... Puskas next to it, and I didn't know it actually won, but... Um... No, it didn't get into the to the top three. Because he, he, yeah. he was at Wigan originally, wasn't he, for their academy, he was, I think? Yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been about a little bit. He's been at Wigan, um, Blackpool... Chesterfield, I want to say, I think. I, saw, yes. I think I read, yeah. yeah. I, think I think he had some loans, didn't he? Yeah, played in Sweden as well. Well travelled then. Um, he's, yeah. he's only twenty five, isn't he? He's not. He's not really old. He's, he's fairly young, no. isn't he? Um, yeah. I think he was twenty five. Yeah, twenty five year old. He's got an eighteen month deal. So his goal record's not spectacular. I think he only scored seven for Dundalk in forty odd games. But from midfield, that's not a bad return. No, um, no. If if they're seven great goals mm. <laughs> and important goals at that, then you'd forgive it. Yeah. Well, he scored against Arsenal in the Europa League as well, didn't he? Did yeah. There's always there's always that element of of are you get, getting the camel gear last view of the player though? Yeah. And only seeing his highlights online and gives you a false impression, doesn't it? Yeah, it does a little bit. Um, we'll reserve judgment, but it seems to be a promising signing. Um, yeah, first, so first first one of January and hopefully not the last because I think you know yeah. we do need some reinforcements across the front. Yeah, we do need a, a bit light going forward, aren't we? Um, mm. Just a word on device to QPR. Uh, I'm annoyed about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it means that next season I need to find a new name for my fantasy football team. Uh, Doomsday Device. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very good... Named after the Legion of Doom's finishing move. Very, um, very good for... pun, that. Very punny. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I think in a footballing sense, it's, it's, it's a parting of the ways that probably is best for the player. I know I said before Christmas that I was looking for him to step up in the second half of the year, and I think he still could have played a role for us. I think there was a... You know, we saw in the Championship, mm. particularly under Nigel Atkins, that there was a, a, a very capable centre-back there at that level. But it's maybe the case that he needs a change of scenery to kind of reboot his career, and, and if player and, and team are both happy at the end of it, then it's it, it's kind of... If there's, if there's no rancour or... You, you're not looking at it saying, God, I wish we could have kept him. Mm. Then maybe it is, it is the right time for him to move on. Yeah. Um, he's certainly he's certainly way down the pecking order at the oh, minute. Yeah, isn't I mean, he? so, he's, yeah. Um, and and, and with, with um, the salary cap this season being what it is, you can't afford to carry players, particularly ones like Device, who will be on. Yeah, if he's if um, he's if he's the star performer at the back, then you'd say you justify his, his wage. But currently, he's he, you know he'd be what playing for the twenty threes. <laughs> he wouldn't. He's yeah, not even been named in the squad, has he? The last few seasons. Is it is it the games. case that 
under the salary cap, championship contracts are prorated out to average League One contracts. Is that how it works? I don't know enough about it, mate. I, re- I remember seeing it at the start of the season, but I can't remember how it works now. But regardless, whatever whatever his contract status or whatever the value of his contract under the salary cap, he can't afford to carry players no. who aren't contributing. Finan- you know, on, it, it doesn't make financial sense. No, not at all. So if we can move him out and then get somebody in who can help the team, then I think it's a, a sensible thing to do. I actually do think we've got quite a lot of choices at the back anyway. Um, above him, that you know, injuries aside, you know, even if you've got Greaves and Burke, that you know, if they're not, if one of them gets injured, you've got McLaughlin who can come in. You've got Jones that can play there, and you know, if ending on the game, but Smith did well, didn't he? So there may be the odd yeah, game. Festus here is out injured for the season, though, isn't is he? Is he really? I thought he was going to go to on loan. No, but I believe. Um... I think I heard McCann say that he was out. Oh, he's done. Hell. So he's got a season-ending injury, has he? Uh, according to Twitter, yeah. Picked right. up the injury. Uh, and will not be joining. Fair enough. But he didn't know where it had come from anyway, apparently. Oh, uh, right. They'd not heard anything. Oh, it was enough. just in the okay. media. As it, as it often is. So. Um, I think the last thing we had to do was the Today in Hull City history. I know you'd picked one. I haven't found one, so I'm just going to go with yours. I'll listen to yours and do some input. Um, so, yeah, okay, this no, week. Yeah. This, so, this week, in this week, I have uh, <laughs> been mostly watching <laughs> Vintage Hull City Girls. <laughs> so, yeah, this week in Hull City history, it's, we're going back to 2007 for maybe not one of my favourite games, but one of yep. my favourite results. And that is Hull City 2, Queen's Park Rangers yes. 1. <laughs> yeah, one of the most cathartic <laughs> results. Good word. I think I've ever experienced. Um, it was at the dawn of Phil Brown's yes. tenure as city manager. He'd not long taken over from Phil Parkinson. And QPR came to us. And somehow managed to spawn the way into a two yeah, into I, a one nil lead. I, um, I watched the gear clip you you sent me earlier. Um, spawn. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what you would say about that fucking jammy bastards. I think you'd be saying if you're on if you're at KC. Wait, I mean, they got massively lucky off a, a third yeah. state by my hill to begin with, um, but then. If memory serves me right, they spent nearly the rest of the game kind of throwing themselves to the floor yeah, whenever we got near them. Yeah. Yeah, generally, yeah, yeah they did. Um, and then you're thinking it's going to be one of those days where you just don't mm. get what you deserve. And he'd had a funny sort of a season where he wasn't nearly as effective as he had been previously. And then he came on. He equalised. I think he got on the end of a... Dean Marnie square mm. ball in the box. And at 1-1, it was kind of like you could feel that shift in the ground, like, hang on, we Come might on, get lads. to do something here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's just that, it just started to creep around the, the ground. And then they had a man sent off. Um, yes. Lee Cook. Lee Cook was sent off because I think he was claiming that Marnie had elbowed <laughs> him in the box. It had gone down, it'd gone down like a sack <laughs> of shit. 
And it was after the referee, and he just got in his ear and he got sent off yeah, for a, a second bucket. Yeah. It was just like, it was like suddenly the, the worm had turned and they were getting everything they deserved, and it was just going for us. And then Elliot scores with this brilliant header in stoppage time, I think, where he just leapt like a salmon to head it across goal and in off the post. <laughs> it was just like one of those things where it's just like this release of 90 minutes of just pent up frustration. And and everybody in the ground just so chuffed for Elliot as well because it was like we said, it was, yeah. it was going through a really yeah. difficult time where he wasn't hitting Previously the heights. That's two, three years before, yeah. Yeah, so it was just like, it was just like, that's fucking Stuart Get Elliot. In your fucker. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. the game was horrible, but the, just the result, that last last few minutes was just brilliant. Glorious. Just brilliant. I, I can't that believe is, it's been 14 mad, it? years. It really is mad. Yeah, there's a couple, couple of things I pulled out from the match report as well. Uh, John Gregory praising the <laughs> KC atmosphere for for making the difference. He said the 19,500 fans screaming their heads off um, and they played a big part in driving their team on. The crowd is probably their <laughs> best player, which is what yeah. Gregory said, which is, uh, you know, strange really to hear now. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. So... Yeah, it's just 14 years away. Is that going? Yeah, go Line on. up that day, finally, was Boaz Myhill, Sam Ricketts, Andy Dawson, Michael Turner, Damien Delaney, uh, midfield of Ashby, Dean Marnie, Nick Barnby, and David Livermore, underrated so. City player. Yeah, and John Parkin and Steve McPhee up front. Uh, used subs, Nicky Foster, Darryl Duffy, Elliot. and... Who was the unnamed Stuart on the bench then? Some good... Yeah, yeah. What the two that didn't play? Oh shame! I don't have that. I was I always like it when we look at that. And Sorry, like, oh, I remember that he never played after that. <laughs> yeah, because obviously one of the one of the one of the. But there's a few in there that. You... Um, uh, Jukey, yeah, yeah Jukey, yeah, probably Jukey at that point. Um, yeah, it's it's good to go down memory lane, isn't it? I like doing this every week. Obviously, I, I'm I, to be fair, I'd, I'd feel bad then just trying to remember a. Another because you couldn't really top that, could you? As a memory for for January, um, it was a good one. It was a pretty good one for January so, the thirteenth. Yeah, well, yeah, I think well, I'll have to do my research for next for next week's episode. But um, that's uh, that was that was this week in Hull City history. Um, brought to you by Make sure we at them in the episode again. Obviously, we've got a comment from last time, which they I think they were grateful that somebody else had, had used what they'd done to benefit themselves so that's that's always good tiger baser um always going to be there our go-to for any stats i think soul city based um yeah and did you manage to order yourself one of them shirts that they put up on the tiger retro store yeah i did yeah yeah i did get a couple i just got one but uh, very much looking forward to that coming no, well, I, I got the 80s. Oh, I, I got, got that one too, one yeah. Well, I got so. that in the Boxing Day sale, and then I've got the one yeah. I've always wanted, which was the, the one that they only ever made a thousand, didn't they? The one where Dino wore it when it was on mm-hmm. top of fucking West End. <laughs> that plastic bag, it was like a black bag over his shoulder there, Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. Tinsel around his head. What was that? I, you don't you don't oh. get kit launches like that anymore. They're yeah, far definitely. too perfect. Um, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to those arriving. Um, so, 
obviously we look forward to hopefully another win at Blackpool on Saturday. Um, and it'll probably be the same time next week, won't it? Another chat. If I'm lucky. Uh, yeah, if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> We've got no else on, have we? <laughs> Can't do anything else. So nice little no. segue back to the start, but yeah. No. Oh, the yeah, hockey you'll, season you'll starts have, you'll have another thing tonight. To look forward to with that, won't you? So you, you'll go mad with your yeah. Oilers team. Yeah. That's that's three hours every go. night taken Perfect. care of. Perfect for lockdown. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yep. Good chat, mate. See you again next week. Um, Forza. Yep. Take it easy. Forza. Take it easy. Wise men say Only fools rush in But I can't help Some things are meant to be